Hello and good morning once again. I'm Pastor George Goins of Macedonia Baptist Church. We're located over in the Bright Star, Arkansas area. For those that are not familiar, familiar, excuse me, where we're located, uh, we are actually in the southwest corner of Arkansas. Uh, we're right within distance of Texas and Louisiana, right in the corner there. Uh, for those that are that are listening on internet that may not live in the area. But if you live in the area, you're probably familiar with uh, Bright Star or even Doddridge, Arkansas, and that's where we're located over here. We're actually at 23465 State Highway 237 is where we're located here in the and it has a Doddridge address. But we're in a, we're in like the community of Bright Star, so that's why we call it the Bright Star area. And I'm glad you're here. Glad you're back with us. Uh, we've had some some challenges in the last uh, few weeks. Uh, I'll just share them with you briefly. Uh, we had a we had a situation with my uh, my granddaughter, and uh, it was a custody battle. And uh, so um, we had to surrender after 14 years of uh, having our granddaughter in my daughter's possession. I had to surrender her over to her father who lives in Tennessee. So I would just ask you to pray about that. We've been praying. There's been people praying all over about this. And I just ask you to continue to pray. We've, uh, we are try to appeal. And uh, hopefully the Lord will, will help us in this. Um, so I'm just, I'm covered your prayers for that. And then also I found out that my mother has uh, cancer. And uh, she has uh, lung cancer. And she also has some in her lip nodes and uh, Mom will be 80 in July, and I just pray that you'll pray for her, that uh, that God will be gracious to her and merciful to her through this process, and my father as well. As uh, we all, my whole family, as we all go through this, so just uh, pray about that. Like I said, it's just been kind of challenging in the last few weeks, and um, I just covet your prayers. And I thank you. I think I kind of said something in the last broadcast about y'all praying and um so now you kind of know what we're what we're doing we're dealing with so just pray you pray for us i believe in the power of prayer there's no doubt in my mind that god hears our prayers and uh so but i'm glad to be back on the radio again i hope you're doing well i hope things are going well with you and your family that are listening in and if this is your first time to listen in again you know we're uh we just uh, try to get on the radio, uh, the internet, and to be able to uh, just share the gospel of Jesus Christ. I believe that Jesus is the way, the truth, the life, and that no man come to the Father but by Him and Him alone. It's only by Him can we have this eternal life. Um, it's through Jesus Christ. So I pray that if you're not saved, that today you will come to know Jesus. If you're listening and you don't quite understand then just listen to the Spirit that is pulling and drawing at you today and uh, yield to Him, give your life to Jesus, and He will change your life uh, for the good. I promise you that uh, He has done wonders in my life through all of these years. I'm 61 years old. I was saved when I was 12, and He has been with me and blessed me and used me through all of those years, and I'm grateful to proclaim that Jesus Christ is Lord and he truly is. So before we get into our message today, we're going to be in Daniel chapter 3. If you want to turn your Bibles over there, I'm going to do a song that I just love to sing. It's called, uh, What a Friend We Have in Jesus. 
and we truly do you could be the only person on the planet and jesus would be your friend he would so and he is and i believe in the power of prayer and of course this song deals with that as well uh, about taking things to the lord in prayer uh, just like we have been about this this stuff that's going on in my life and i'm sure you have things going on in your life as well and uh, just remember that jesus hears your prayers so let me do this song real quick and then we'll get into our message what a friend we have in Jesus All our sins and griefs to bear What a privilege to carry God in prayer. Oh, what peace we often forfeit. Oh, what needless pain we bear. All because we do not care. in prayer have we trials and temptations is there trouble anywhere we should never be discouraged take it to the Lord in prayer can we find a friend so faithful who will all our sorrows knows our every weakness take it to the Lord in prayer are we weak and heavy laden comfort with the Lord Precious Savior, still our refuge. Take it to the Lord in prayer. Do thy friends despise, forsake thee? Lord in prayer in his arms he'll take and shield thee thou will 
find a solace there. We truly have a friend in Jesus, and I'm grateful that He is my Savior, and uh, I know Him personally. And again, I hope that you do as well, and if you don't, you can. You can know Jesus personally. Set that guitar down. Daniel chapter 3, if you have your Bibles and you're able to um, turn there with us, love for you to, to look on the Word of God with us. This is a good passage here, and I'm not going to read the whole chapter, but um, <coughs> excuse me. But it's, uh, uh, it's a fantastic uh, passage of Scripture here. And um, I'm grateful that we can uh, we can use it today. But it's it's uh, of course you know Daniel uh, and Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, which which is who we're going to be speaking about today. Uh, Daniel and and the three Hebrew children were captives from um, from Israel when the Babylonian Empire, Nebuchadnezzar the king, would would go in and uh, take and conquer the land. And they of course carried some uh, of the Israelites back home with them to Babylon. And uh, some of those that were taken uh, were Daniel and Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. And of course, that's, that is their uh, Babylonian name. They actually had a Hebrew name um, that was changed. Um, and um, for, what, for, the, for whatever reason that they did change that, which I kind of know what the reason is, is to, to give them more of a Babylonian um, to, to fit into their culture, so so to speak, and uh, their gods instead of the true living God. But they, of course, you know they're they're very um, knowledgeable, very wise, very understanding people uh, that uh, Nebuchadnezzar would have in his palace. Of course, D Daniel, as, as you read in Daniel, you'll find out that Daniel, God gave Daniel some very amazing. Uh, uh, ability to discern uh, Nebuchadnezzar's dreams, and so uh, he was uh, around the throne, obviously, around the, the palace of the king, and so was Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. Again, they were used because of their knowledge and their ability. Of course, God gives that to them. But there's two two verses here. Actually, let me read, let me read some more, more verses than that. But uh, to kind of give give us an idea of where we're at here. But, of course, this is going to be about Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. Daniel is also in the picture, but he's not in this particular uh, chapter here. It says in verse 14, Nebuchadnezzar spake and said unto them, Is it true, O Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, uh, do not ye serve my gods, nor worship the golden image which I have set up? Now, if you be ready that... Uh, at what time you hear the sound of the cornet, flute, harp, saxbutt, psaltery, and dulcimer, and all kinds of music, you fall down and worship the image which I have made well. But if you worship not, ye shall be cast into the same hour into the midst of the burning fiery furnace. Uh, and who is that God that shall deliver you out of my hands? And now it's interesting that Nebuchadnezzar would make this statement. But he is confronting Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego here of, of, of not worshiping his gods. 
and uh, worshiping his image that he had made. He made an image that was like 90 feet tall and 9 feet wide. And uh, when the music was, was played aloud, then everyone was to bow down and worship the image, uh, which kind of reminds us of what's going to take place in uh, Revelation as well with the Antichrist. So <clears throat> as he um, mentions this, if, if those that don't worship uh, the image, then they will be cast into a fiery furnace, is what he said in verse 15. But it's interesting, the statement, he said, Who is that God, and it's a capital G-O-D, that shall deliver you out of my hands? So he asked that question to Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, and here's their answer. Verse 16, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego answered and said to the king, O Nebuchadnezzar, we are not careful to answer thee in this matter. In other words, they're going to be very blunt with him. And it says in verse 17, If it be so... Our God, whom we serve, is able to deliver us from the burning fiery furnace, and he will deliver us out of thine hand, O king. So a lot of boldness here, a lot of trust in God, obviously, with this statement when they said, Our God, whom we serve, is able to deliver us. And uh, not only from the fiery furnace, but also from the hands of of the king, but verse 18 says, But if not, be it known unto thee, O king, that we will not serve thy gods, nor worship the golden image which thou hast set up. And of course, verse 19, then was Nebuchadnezzar full of fury. So he was upset over the answer to his question. And so we're going to look at today about not being conformist, nonconformist. That's what Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego was was um, exercising here was not being conformist uh, to uh, the rules, I guess you could say, that were set up here um, for his kingdom. Uh, He built the statue. The statue was 90 feet tall, 9 feet wide, and he uh, commanded all the people when they heard the music being played that they were to bow down wherever they were to this image and to worship the image and to worship the other gods and uh, so Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego had uh, already committed themselves to the true living God and was not going to conform uh, to that so that's what we're going to kind of look at today I want to share a couple other scriptures though that kind of go along with this to kind of get us where we need to be here in this message and we'll look at how they became nonconformist. All right, so in, in Romans chapter 12, verse 1 and verse 2, it's a very familiar passage of Scripture that simply says this, and of course Paul is the writer here, <coughs> which would have been another person who was a nonconformist. He says, I beseech you therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies a living sacrifice, wholly acceptable unto God, which is your reasonable service. And be not conformed to this world, but be ye transformed by the renewing of your mind, that you may prove what that is good and acceptable and perfect will of God. Ultimately, that is the goal, is to reach the perfect or the complete will of God in your life. And God has a will for us all. And, you know, the thing about understanding the will of God 
is simply this. Number one is that God, it's, it's either God's way or the highway, truly. That is a true statement because God's will does not change. God does not change. God is the same yesterday as today as tomorrow. And a lot of people seem to think that because our culture changes that God changes. He doesn't. God's still the same. And so God has a will and he has a purpose in our lives. But he also gave us a free will. And that free will is, is that we can either go with his will for our lives or we we can refuse to to do the will of God. And if you're one of his children, he is a good father and he's going to come after you and he's going to chastise you to try to get you conformed to his will. Why? Because he has a purpose for each and every one of us in life. I believe that with all of my heart, that God has a purpose and it's for his good pleasure, not ours. It's for his kingdom not for our life. We're here just for a short amount of time, so we might as well please Him and fulfill His will for our lives. Now, I've been on both sides of the fence. I'm in God's will right now, um, but I've been in a place where I was not in God's will, and uh, my life was miserable because I was one of His children, and I was rebelling against my Father. And, of course, he, He brought me back where I needed to be um, and he's using me for the kingdom, just like he is on the radio. You know, I don't know who I'm reaching and who I'm talking to. There may be somebody out there that's running from the Lord and is miserable. And you're looking for an answer. Well, the answer is, is you got to go back to where God wants you to be in your life. And so, but in this passage here, he mentions here, present your bodies a living sacrifice. A, a sacrifice is giving ourselves as a sacrifice to God, okay? So just like Jesus sacrificed his life so that we could have eternal life, we as born-again believers, and that's who he's talking about here, is talking to here is Christians. He's saying that we as Christians need to be to bring our bodies in into God's service, okay? As living sacrifices. And then he uses the word holy here, which may actually means sacred or something that would be pure, physically pure. Uh, we, need to, we need to set up ourselves apart from the enemy, which is Lucifer or Satan, and we need to be sacred and live good lives, okay? I know we can't live the perfect life yet. One day God will give us a new body and we'll be able to do that. But right now, while we're on this earth, we're still dealing with this old flesh. <clears throat> but we need to strive to try to live a sacred life. And then he uses the word acceptable, which means well-pleasing unto God. We need to live the life the best that we can that would be pleasing to God. Okay. Then he uses over here in verse 2, he says, And be not conformed, there's that word, to this world. Conform means to be like the world or the present age. That's what that word means. So right now, I don't need to be conformed to this time that I live in, okay? But be you transformed. The word transform means to change by the renewing of our mind that we may prove what that is good and acceptable and perfect will of God. And uh, that's what we want. The, the thing is, is that we don't always understand the will of God in our lives. We, we, we strive to understand what the will of God is in our lives, and God will put us there where he wants us to be, 
We just have to trust Him, and we have to look to Him for our guidance. And uh, and then God will put us where He wants us to be. Just like for me, for an example, I believe I'm writing right exactly where God wants me to be. I'm pastoring a church for 17 years now, and uh, and God's got me exactly where He wants me to be. He doesn't want me to be off in another country as a missionary. He doesn't want me to uh, to do other things. He's wanting me to pastor this flock of sheep that are here in in Bright Star, Arkansas. And so that's his will for me. Now, that will may change one day. And if it does, that's fine. I follow him. Uh, But understanding, because we don't always understand, that's the problem that we have in the flesh, is, is, is that when we don't understand, we still have to trust. We have to trust God. We can't see what God sees, but we need to trust him. Okay, then the second passage that I want to share with you real quick is... First um, John chapter two verse fifteen, uh, which where the word of God says, "Love not the world, neither the things that are in the world. If any man love the world, the love of the Father is not in him. For all that is in the world, the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, and the pride of life, is not of the Father, but is of the world. And the world passeth away, and the lust thereof. But he that doeth the will of God abideth forever." So what he's saying here is we don't need to love this present age that we have in. Listen, folks, I don't know about you, but I, I, what is the word, strive, I can't wait till we get to heaven. It's more important to me than this earth is right now in my life. I want to go to heaven. I want to be with Jesus and uh, that's that's my love for him. I, my love is for heaven, not this present age that we live in. And we should have that desire to be with Jesus forever and ever. And one day we will, if you're saved, you'll be with Jesus forever and ever. But he says, neither the things that are in the world. So there are so many things in the world. The world has, has um, compromised the convictions of the word of God and made things that are bad good and things that are good he's made bad and so um we we need to we need to stay focused on the future which is to be with jesus but he mentions here three things one is the lust of the flesh which is the desires of this this body that we live in that we have to fight against um, the lust of the eyes, and you know what the eyes is the window to the soul, right? So that's the inward. So the the lust of the flesh would be the outward part, the body, and the lust of the eyes would be the inward being that we have, and then the pride of life, which would be the inward personality. Sometimes we battle with that, with pride, that we think that uh, we know better than God, or that uh, we we don't want to say uh, that we met, that we made a mistake, you know. That's that's pride and being puffed up and things like that. God hates that. Matter of fact, it's one of the sins that He hates is a pride, a prideful heart, and we don't need that. That, that was Lucifer's biggest um, um, uh, mistake that he made was that he thought he was better than his Creator. So we have to be careful. We have to be careful with this thing of uh, pride and in our lives okay now let so so how can we be non-conformist like daniel as you know the story daniel in the lion's den he didn't conform either uh, they said that you know he wasn't able to pray to his god 
And he did, and he ended up in the lion's den, if you remember. Why? Because he was not a nonconformist. Then you have Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, who, who we're talking about today. So I want to look at three thoughts real quick, if I can get through this without running out of time. First of all, I want, you to, I want us to see the temptation that they would have been facing, okay? Now, in verse, in verse number one, you see in verse one and two, he's talking about this, this uh, image that he has created, which is, like I said, 90 feet tall, 9 feet wide. He calls all of his um, governors, his, his people of uh, rulers, people of authority that were under his uh, command. He brought all of them together, and he tells them about this image and that they are to uh, adhere to his command, which is to worship this image. Okay, we'll pick up verse 4. It says, Then and uh, Herod cried aloud to you, is, uh, it is commanded, O people, nations, and languages. So what he's saying here, this is a command for all the people, for all the nations, and all the languages. Okay, that at what time you hear the sound of the cornet, flute, harp, saxbutt, uh, sultry, dulcimer, and all kinds of music, you fall down and worship the golden image that um, that Nebuchadnezzar the king has set up. And whoso falleth not down and worship shall the same hour be cast into the midst of the burning, fiery furnace. Therefore, at that time when all the people heard the sound of the cornet, the flute, the harp, the sax book, the psaltery, and all kinds of music, all the people, the nation, and languages fell down and worshipped the golden image that Nebuchadnezzar the king had set up. Wherefore, at the time certain Chaldeans came near and accused the Jews. Now, these are um, these Chaldeans here were people of the land, and they were accusing the Jews who were not doing that. Okay, they spake and said to the king Nebuchadnezzar, "O king, live forever, thou." Thou, O king, hast made a, a decree that every man that shall hear the sound of the cornet, flute, harp, psaltery, uh, uh, and dulcimer, and all kinds of music shall fall down and worship the golden image. And whoso falleth not down and worship, that he should be cast into the midst of the fiery furnace. And there are certain Jews whom thou hast set over the affairs of the providence of Babylon, which is, he's fixing to name them, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, these men, O king, have not regarded thee. Uh, they serve not thy gods, nor worship the golden image which thou hast set up. And then Nebuchadnezzar is uh, in his rage and fury commanded to bring Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. Then they brought these men before the king. So that's where we are, where we read a while ago. So the temptation here, first of all, is is to make a choice here. You're going to have to make a choice. Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego was going to have to make a choice here. And it could go either way. They could have made a choice, number one, to just conform to the popular opinion. In other words, just go along with, uh, with everybody else. And that, you know, we live in a world today that that's what it seems like people do today. They just go along with the popular opinion. Whether it's right or wrong, they still just go along. And, um, and that would have been a temptation that uh, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego would have had been tempted with. Yeah, we could just go along with everybody else. Don't cause any friction, but just go along with everybody else. We know the true living God. You know, we could just conform, okay, is what, what, what they could have done. Or... Uh, number two, they could have saved their situation. Their situation was 
is that uh, number one is that they they obviously had a, a prominent position uh, in the palace, uh, as we read in verse uh, as we read in um, in verse number. Let me read over here again. Find it here. Uh, oh yeah, in verse twelve he says, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. These men, O king, hath not regarded thee. Uh, wait a minute, I, I, I don't know where I've, I've missed it at, but he talks about them having a prominent position here. I don't remember where I read that at, but it's it's here. But I think in 40, verse number, um, let's see here, let me look here real quick here. Oh, in fact, oh, I'm sorry, in chapter 2, verse 49, it says... Um, in chapter 2, verse 49, it says, Then Daniel requested of the king, and he set Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego over the affairs of the providence of Babylon. But Daniel sat at the gate of the king. So there, there it is again right there. It tells you that um, they, were, uh, they were set up uh, in a prominent position here. So they could have saved their situation, you know, and not, you know, buck the system kind of deal. Um, they could have sacrificed their convictions here. They could have just simply said, you know, uh, we'll just go along so that we can keep our positions and uh, we won't, uh, we won't, you know, buck the system, so to speak here. So we see the temptation that they, that they would have faced here. They could have gone along just like everybody else, uh, go along to get along and could have followed just like the rest of the sheep were following. <coughs> but they had convictions. And that's important. We need to have convictions in our lives, and we need to stand on those convictions. Okay. And of course, uh, what should we what should we obey? Should we obey the laws of the land, or should we obey God? And ultimately, we should obey God, uh, even if the laws of the land goes against what God says. We should obey God, right? Ultimately, we should obey God. And then we see their testimony in verse eight through eighteen, which we kind of read some of it. But let's let's look look at verse uh, number seventeen and verse number eighteen. First of all, they were loyal to God. Their loyalty was to God. Okay. Um, matter of fact, it says there in verse twelve that we read. It said that um, that uh, have they have not regarded thee. Thus, to, uh, uh, they serve not thy gods nor worship. The golden image which thou hast set up. So we see here that they were loyal to God. I think about Joshua. You remember the statement that Joshua made in uh, Joshua chapter 1, where he says, Choosing you this day whom you will serve, whether the gods which your fathers served that were on the other side of the flood or the gods of the Amorites in whose land you dwell. But as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. Joshua made that statement as as for me and my house, we're going to serve the Lord. What a statement to make. Why? Because you're going to be loyal to God. Now, if you remember what they said in verse 18, they said, we will not serve thy gods, nor worship the golden image which thou hast set up. That was their statement. They were being loyal to God. Now, they could have been like everybody else and not bucked the system and just gone along just like everybody else. And sad thing about it is we got Christians today, they just go along. Why? Because they don't want the conflict in their life. But these Christians here, these, these believers here, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, were loyal to God. And just as Joshua was, you can serve whatever you want to serve, but I'm telling you right now, 
my house, we're going to serve God. You know, they make, he make, they make those stands. So they were, in their testimony, they were loyal to God. And then number two, they had faith in the power of God. Look at verse 17 again. If it be so, what he was saying was answering <coughs> the king's question. If you do throw us in the fiery furnace is basically what, it, what they're saying. If it be so, our God, whom we serve, is able. He is able. By the way, God is able to do anything he wants to do. He is God. He can do whatever he wants to do. There's nothing that's impossible with him. He says, our God whom we serve is able to deliver us from the burning fiery furnace. That's the first thing he's, that they say. He is able to deliver us from the fiery furnace. And he will deliver us out of thine hand, O king. You remember what the king said? Who is that God that shall deliver you out of my hands? And they, they pretty much answered that question real quick, didn't they? Uh, he is the God that is able to deliver us not only from the fiery furnace, but also from the king's, uh, p- uh, out of the king's possession here. Doggone it, we have already run out of time. I can't believe that we have run out of time already. So they, their testimony and then, of course, their triumph is, is that the fire had no power. It didn't. And their suffering brought them a new sense of freedom. And it did, and their suffering also brought them a new source of fellowship with the Lord. So we are to present our bodies to the Lord, (coughs) be faithful, committed, and dedicated, do the will of God, and make Him first in your life. Let me pray. Father, thank you again for the Word. I'm sorry that I run, run out of time, but I pray you'll use the Word, you'll touch our hearts, and show us what we need. And bless these folks today in Jesus' name. Amen. God bless you folks. Thank you for listening in. God bless.